Believe in yourself, reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender, there is more than it seems. Hold on and fight, follow your heart. This is your way, love is what you make of it. Hi, this is Dr. Joe Luciani, along with my millennial daughter, who wishes she were a baby boomer, Lauren. She's also my wonderful and beautiful co-host, welcoming you to another session of self-coaching, where real life emotional struggle, whether it's depression, anxiety, relationship conflict, losing weight, or simply handling life's challenges are all addressed, teaching you to become your own best coach. Hi, Lauren. Hello, Dad. My millennial wishes she were a baby boomer daughter. Again, I think that that is projection. You're wishing that I wish I was a baby boomer, but I'm quite content being a millennial, I have to say. I, I know how to read you. I know it's underneath the surface. You can't hide it from me. My millennial thumb has improved, by the way, the carpal tunnel. Oh, good. Yeah. Good. So we don't have the texting. Correct. Are you able to uh, just send out those texts every eight seconds like you usually do? Of course. Wow. I just find that amazing that, you know, texting has replaced human contact. <laughs> it hasn't <laughs> replaced it. It's just uh, expediated it. Well, I don't know about that. Well, I think, you know, we were trying to come up with what would be a really pertinent topic for, for today. And I guess, I guess I'd like to maybe introduce it first with a song and get your free associative take on it, your millennial take on the song. Mm -hmm. So let me just play just a couple of bars, okay? Real, okay. real, real quick. So this song is summertime. What mm. comes to mind when you think of summertime? Oh, just uh, <clears throat> relaxing on a beach is what comes to my mind. Mm. No stress. Uh, stress, right? But what about putting on that bathing suit? Mm. Yeah, I guess after this uh, emergence from the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, maybe things are a little... Yeah. Well, that's going to be our talk today, the COVID-15 and, well, COVID-15 is the 15 pounds that most of us have either put on, exceeded, or come close to, but we're all in that boat. The last year and a half, uh, I guess we all have a few pounds to shed now that we're headed towards summer, which which are the, the months where we, we tend to look at uh, our bodies a little bit more closely. I guess it's because we start to shed the coats and the sweaters and we start to expose ourselves a bit more. You think? Yeah, I'd say that that's true. Um, also, I think, well, for me, what I realized, especially this year, is um, the shift from wearing just like comfortable clothing all the time, which kind of like expands with your body. So you don't actually know what's happening. It's like a really nice, ignorant way to live. Um, so I've noticed now putting back on normal clothes to, to kind of re-enter the world, how my body has changed a little bit. Yeah. So uh, yeah, for sure. But I do think it's cyclical every year around this time. 
there's a push to become a little more healthy so that you feel good. It has a lot to do with the lifestyle changes that were imposed upon us, don't you think? Yeah, I think most people uh, had a shift to, to a more sedentary lifestyle than, than before, even in ways you don't realize because so many parts of your normal routine were just kind of cut out and most people were spending much more time at home. So that those little things really do add up. And I also, I just read an article the other day that said that 61% of Americans have reported a significant weight gain from hmm. just, you know, the shift. You say 61%? 61%, um, yeah. Significant weight. So it's not, that's a wow. pretty big statistic. So the other 39%. Uh... <laughs> I don't know. I got to talk to them, find out what they're doing right. <laughs> You know, Dan Bennett once said something that I always loved. He said, you know, probably nothing in the world arouses more false hopes than the first four hours of a diet. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. You know, so we're all, we're all geared and we're all ready to start losing some of that weight. But we, we have to do it in a way that really works. Now, I'm going to caution everyone about the quick fix and the quick fix diets, because by the end of the summer, you'll have gained back twice as much weight. So let's talk about the, the reality of really, you know, using our minds. Before you do that, though, sorry to interrupt. I just I have a hard time with the way that, you know, society sort of expects a certain shape and size. And I think that it can be dangerous to think that you have to sort of lose weight all the time as opposed to just like finding that healthy yeah. balance and enjoying who you are. No, that's well said. And and you're absolutely correct because, you know, basically the most surefire way to get on the um, merry-go-round, that yo-yo dieting merry-go-round is to is to really lose weight for superficial reasons without really changing yourself. When you are overweight, when you are not as healthy as you need to be, there needs to be a philosophy and a program and a mindset for accomplishing that because putting on weight is a lot easier than taking it off. Do you think? That is for sure. <laughs> so, you know, forget just looking in the mirror right now and bemoaning the fact and getting depressed. Just see it as a process. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of focusing on the problem, you can focus on the solution, which is a totally different vibration. Yeah. You know, I'm really against diets, and I have to say that outright. Um, did you know that 65 to 95% of all diets eventually fail? So dieting, quote unquote, is really not the way to go. What, what we really should be talking about is lifestyle changes, not dieting. See, dieting to me has a beginning and an end. And then we go on this thing, this mythical thing called maintenance. I'm maintaining my diet right now. What does that mean? Well, it means I can eat a little of this and a little of that. You know, you can't just have a nibble here and a nibble there and a little gray area here, and this won't hurt, and some rationalizations and, you know, just pampering yourself. You've got to be tough. You've got to stand up to the cravings. You've got to determine what your lifestyle will be. And you've got to really set out a course that works for you and a lifestyle that works for you. So it's it's really about changing the bad habits, replacing them with good habits, 
and and really finding a path that we can stay on. Yeah, that sounds very productive. <laughs> so, you know, when I when I whenever I talk about you, by the way, um, I I did write a book on uh, weight loss. It's called Thin from Within. And, and you know what that title suggests? I'm sure you can probably conjure it up. <laughs> Why do you think I chose Thin from Within? Well, I think because you know that it comes from your mindset yeah. more so than your yeah. intake. It's the it's what it's what goes through our mind. That's that's where we start. We have to start from the inside out. And if you start from the outside in with having food delivered and all these programs and the diet and if if you do it from the outside and you're not you're not getting it. My original title, which my publisher decided that uh, she didn't want, was Mind Over Mouth. And, and I, I always like that title a little better because you really have control over what goes in your mouth. And it really depends on the determination and what you decide your life is going to be. So, you know, we really want to talk about fortifying the mind, which in turn will make the decisions to move you towards the a lifestyle change that you'll be able to not only accomplish, but to sustain, you know, it's weight, weight mastery is what we're really after, because that's the healthiest path, path to be on. So I, I, I know it's, it's a negative word, but have you ever been on a diet? <laughs> Many. <laughs> <laughs> Many. There was a study done in England. The essence of the study said that most women, by the time they were 46 years old, had been on 61 different diets. So yeah, dieting is just kind of a way of life. You know, it's like a revolving door. It never ends. So, so mm. you've been on a few diets. And, you know, what would you say about your experiences, just in a general sense, from dieting? Mm. Every time that I go on a diet, I feel like my entire focus shifts to food. <laughs> so I'm constantly thinking about when I'm going to eat and how much I'm allowed to eat. And uh, even when I'm eating, I'm thinking about eating. And when I'm not eating, I'm thinking about eating. So, And I, I don't feel great when I'm dieting, even though like mentally I feel like I'm taking control over a situation. Um, I typically don't feel great like I don't feel energized or myself so yeah well you know when you say you know you, you keep having you thinking of the food you're not eating that that's part of the withdrawal whenever you start to break any habit whether it be cigarette smoking food addiction alcohol you're going to have these challenges and that's why we have to fortify the mind when you go on a, a diet of any kind or when you decide to start eating more healthfully you're going to have challenges because you've become, and it's hard not to have become somewhat addicted, you know, to the highly palatable foods that exist in, in every menu and every store and every place we go. So we're going to have those challenges. You're going to have to find a way to get beyond the cravings because the cravings eventually do go away, right? Yes, I think you know, so. Mark Twain said, I've never had a problem losing weight. I've done it thousands of times. And, and Lauren, you, you've kind of, you know, just said the same thing. You've been on many diets. Now it's time to, to really, you know, do something different. 
you know, rather than relying on someone else's program or a diet, you know, let's let's talk about changing us so that we can make the decisions in our lives, the healthful decisions that are necessary, you know, to really bring our bodies, our minds, and our psyche back in sync with who and, and what we are. So I'm going to begin by saying that there are three enemies to, to really get in your way when you decide to live your more healthful life. And the first, the first enemy is adverse circumstances. And these are everyday life challenges, you know, the bills, the kids, the relationships. So when you have difficulties, challenges, stressors, what's the first thing you go for, Law? I'd say either alcohol or <laughs> delicious carbohydrate food. My daughter doesn't drink. No, only only every once in a there while. Yeah, so you go for comfort foods, right? Why do you think they call them comfort foods? Any idea? <laughs> um, well, this, is, this is a very in-depth question. Why do they call them comfort, really comfort foods? What? I suppose they're very comfortable. Ah, excellent. <laughs> Your brilliance is just shining today. <laughs> comfort food comforts because comfort food releases dopamine in the brain and dopamine is that feel good chemical mm -hmm. so when we're stressed when the bills come in and the kids are screaming and and you're just trying to catch your breath boy it's so easy to grab something to munch on isn't it boy some give me some of those salty potato chips or and piece of that candy sitting in the bowl. Yeah, and and while you're eating that, the dopamine gets released. You, you, you actually do feel better. You actually do feel comforted while you're eating. Once you swallow, of course, <laughs> you're right back in the real world. So that's adverse circumstances. That's one of the enemies. A second enemy is harmful emotions, anxiety, boredom. You know, I always say boredom is an emotion. Does that sound kind of silly to you? It causes stress, doesn't it? I mean, when you're bored, isn't that an uncomfortable place to be? Yeah, I suppose. Yeah, like like listening to this podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from your boredom right now, harmful emotions, you know, moodiness, irritability, stress. So these are things that make us look for those comfort foods. And comfort foods, you know, anesthetize us to, to our pains, to our struggles. So when we are in an emotional state and we have harmful or toxic emotions, you know, this works against our intentions to live more healthfully. And the last enemy is destructive habits. You know, we are creatures of habits. Do you have any bad habits? I'm sure I do. Yeah. Uh, I don't know offhand. I don't put my shoes away. Ah, that that's one? terrible. My husband calls it Mount Shoemore. <laughs> yeah. Well, this is the hardest part about, you know, developing a healthy lifestyle with weight mastery. It's, it's that we have to change habits. You know, our species, we are creatures of habit, if it were. Otherwise, every morning you'd have to learn to retie your shoe. You'd have to relearn to to type on your little phone, and that would be uh, not very efficient. So, so we have to realize the many, many habits that plague us, especially around our eating habits. Now, can you think of any 
any kind of good or bad, I'm not just asking for bad habits, but what kind of habits center around eating for you? Any, can you think of anything? For me, I typically after dinner will always look for something sweet. So that's a habit for sure. So, so having something sweet now, now do you see where that is not necessarily driven by hunger? It's really become a kind of pattern, a habit, right? Yes. Yeah, for sure. And I think, um, yeah, I I think for me, my food habits are easily broken when I have enough time for preparation. Yeah. I mean, I think that if I can substitute certain things for others and do it ahead of time so that I don't have time to think, because I think when you're hungry, it's, it's much harder to take the time to make something healthy as opposed to just grabbing the thing that's easy, which is typically not the healthy thing. So I think for me in breaking habits, it always comes down to preparation. That's smart. I think the thing that used to get me in trouble most would would be to open the refrigerator door and say, what do I feel like eating now? You know, Mm. it, it really helps, especially when you're trying to break bad habits to have what you're saying, to cut up some vegetables, to have alternatives, to kind of take out that thinking part where you have to now, what do I feel like? Well, of course, you're going to feel like comfort food. Who wouldn't? So, you know, so you're going to want the dopamine releasing foods. True. Well, isn't exercise also a way to release? I mean, it's maybe not dopamine, but it's endorphins and other feel good chemicals. So couldn't that be an alternative? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. To comfort foods? Yeah, it's it's really uh, exercise is is really a good alternative because it also releases, you know, the, the satiety kind of chemicals that help us feel, you know, not as famished or full. Uh, it, it really does work both chemically and mentally to make you feel better and more in control of things. Mm-hmm. Yeah, actually, just yesterday, I was feeling stressed. And I think it, I could have gone for the comfort food, but I had uh, planned to go for a run. And after the run, I couldn't even believe how much of a shift there was in my in the way that I was feeling. Um, and I just kind of remembered how important exercise is, not only you know, to feel healthy in your body, but also in your mind. So for me too, when I'm trying to change habits or get back onto a healthy eating schedule, I think the exercise piece happens to be equally as important, if not more important. Like it's the place that I'll usually start because once I'm exercising, I somehow gravitate towards healthier foods. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like you don't want to undo all the work you put in. So you um, just subconsciously start craving healthier things. And maybe also because your body just needs the nutrients in order to, you know, have that level of output. Yeah. And you are developing better habits. And again, we are creatures of habit. So as we develop, as we neutralize bad habits and develop good habits, you know, our lifestyle changes and we no longer go hunting for the bad stuff. You know, so let's talk about it. We exercise regularly. That's that's really way to maximize your chances of losing some weight. Getting enough sleep. Sleep's important, right? You know, you've often said how important uh, good regular sleep patterns are, right? Definitely, yes. And slowing down your eating. I, I always I always talk about what I call my egg timer uh, experiment. It takes a while. You know, the food lands in the belly. 
And it takes a while for that food to, to really send the messages to the brain. I'm full now. I don't need any more food. It takes, it takes a while for that to happen. So I always say, have the proportion in your plate that you feel is reasonable. And at the end of eating that portion, uh, you set the egg timer between five and 15 minutes, whatever it might be, or get up and do dishes or do something. Uh, now, chances are, if you if you didn't set the egg timer and you just sat there, you'd go for seconds because you're still feeling hunger because the brain hasn't registered that it's been fed. I'm still hungry. So since the brain is complaining, but once you get up and you do something or you sit there and just wait for the timer to go off and just say, I can have my seconds only after a certain amount of time. And lo and behold, what happens? The timer goes off and you find out, wow, hmm, I don't really need that second portion. So mm -hmm. give your brain a chance to register that you've been fed and that you're really not hungry anymore, you know, as opposed to just, you know, wolfing down that second and third portion. So eat more slowly, chew more slowly, eat your food easier, chew more, digest better. So so getting enough sleep, exercising regularly, slowing down. What about hydrated? You're always talking about water and you're, what is it like, Avion? Avi, what do you call the more water you like? I like Avion. Avion. Very much. But I'm, I, I like all water. That's uh, filtered. <laughs> <laughs> um, but they say, what do they say? 64 ounces in a day is great if you are, you know, looking to you're, lose you're weight. fish. 64 ounces. <laughs> yeah i have a massive water bottle that i try to drink by the end of the really? day really 64 that's what is that is that a gallon i uh i don't know it is a lot though i i don't know if that's actually recommended for everybody i think it's for people that are that are like really trying to uh flush out their system <laughs> so everyone should research that before committing to it i'm getting thirsty just listen 64 ounces it's also really hard to drink a lot of water in these days with our masks on <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah my masks get a little soggy from the water um, yeah uh, it does prevent me from snacking too often though it's not a, it's not interesting yeah if you, if you leave your mask on all the time it might it might it, it might discourage might lose a few some pounds. of the snacking. <laughs> might be onto something. There you go. And you know we can, we can invent a mask that doesn't come off, and only that only three terrible. times a day for meals. That's terrible. <laughs> oh no, really? It doesn't have to be a COVID mask. Just like you know, just a mask. I don't think there's going to be a market for that. <laughs> Sorry to say. <laughs> Guaranteed 64 pound weight loss in three days. <laughs> oh. So, okay, let's let's review. Getting enough sleep, exercising, slow down eating, getting hydrated, and how about limiting alcohol intake? Why might that be a, a good thing to do? Well, alcohol definitely in and of itself has sugars and mm. carbs and calories. Right. But I think also drinking alcohol tends to make you make food choices that are not healthy as well yeah. Yeah. and the following day if you're not <laughs> feeling well then you <laughs> have to compensate with comfort foods and it also lowers your inhibitions and yeah what the hell one more piece right mm, true. so uh, so alcohol can work against you um what about 
our perceptions and our judgments. I mean, do we have to, maybe we need to change, you know, our perceptions. You know, I'm always thinking when we go to a buffet, and, and I know you love buffets, right? And <laughs> <laughs> I, I like salad bars. I don't know about buffets. It's so healthy, Lauren. I just find buffets to be off-putting because you put the most random foods next to one another and I don't Do we know. have buffets anymore because of COVID? I don't think I so. I don't know, not currently. Uh, reason for my eat less mask, but uh, but <laughs> you, you, when you're at a buffet and you look around, I, this is where my mother used to say, my eyes are bigger than my stomach kind of thing. And you wind up just heaping that plate up because you know, you just, you, you kind of lose your perspective on things. And, and so sometimes your eyes are bigger than your stomach and you're not making really conscious and calculated decisions. You're letting your emotions drive how much you'll eat and how fast you'll wolf it down. So uh, let's, okay. let's keep an eye on perceptions and judgment. Another thing to really keep in mind if you want to maximize your chances of losing those 15 pounds or so is to reduce stress. Now, you and I often talk about stress. Give me some, some stress-reducing efforts that we can make. I think meditating can be helpful. Uh, finding just like some time for self-care so that you have some moments to recharge instead of constantly giving to others. What else? What would your spiritual boyfriend say? Oh, good question. Eckhart Tolle would probably say that you should enter the present moment where nothing needs to be done. Hmm. Except eat. And one more thing to maximizing your chances. I guess I would add avoid unrealistic expectations. You know, I'm, I'm quite offended by these commercials on TV, especially the guy commercials with, they have the one where they all have their big bellies sticking out. And then they all showing how much weight they lost and eat the food and blah, blah, blah. And I remember it was Terry Bradshaw, the, the football player. He was he was advertising for one of these companies and he lost quite a quite a bit of weight. And then I saw him on, on uh, one of the uh, I think it was ESPN a few months later and he had <laughs> get it all back. You know, so, so mm -hmm. you know, it, there are there are no quick fixes. It's a lifestyle change, and it's it begins within. So if we start to change our perception of food, if we have realistic expectations, now that's a hard thing for people because, you know, especially with summer, summertime beginning to loom around the corner, you know, we, we want to lose weight quickly. We're very impatient, aren't we? Everyone can kind of relate to these struggles that go on I mean, in this affluent country that we we live in and uh and i think it's it's a blessing and a curse at the same time uh, try, i might butcher this quote it was from george miller he said the trouble with eating italian food is that five or six days later you're hungry again <laughs> you know but but we yeah we we really do have some poor habits in terms of what we gravitate toward now I guess it's I guess it's okay to indulge once in a while, but you know if you have certain food sensitivities or even food addictive tendencies, I guess the question in my mind is, you know, really do you need to be more black and white? You know, if you go back to those foods that have addictive aspects for you, 
it's going to reawaken the beast. You know, it's going to just start you down that craving path again more intensely. So I'm kind of leaning towards, at least for me, and I'm going to ask you about you, but for me, when I determine, for example, I'm not going to eat meat or I'm not going to eat cheese, stuff like that, uh, or garbage food, let's call it junk food, uh, I have to be black and white. I have to say, no, I don't do that. And I, you know, because I can't be anywhere in the middle, like, well, maybe sometimes I'll have a little of this or a little. Of do, uh, do you need to be black and white with yourself or are you much more moderate? I, I would say yes to the black and white, although I've been really working to try and learn how to be more moderate because I, yeah, I just see how people are able to, there, there are certain people that can just balance their decisions and there's no struggle in certain people. I've never really experienced that fully. So I would like to understand that you can just like moderate and balance and that that works out. But generally, I think I inherited your gene of uh, all or nothing Pardon? with basically everything in life. <laughs> it's like I'm either all in or, you know, I just don't care. So hmm. Yes. Is that a good gene you inherited? I don't know. I mean, it's good when I'm all in. Wait a second. When you when you inherit my genes, you're supposed to say, "Oh, those are great genes." Oh, yeah, it's a great Thank gene. You. Thank you. It's very important to me that that you feel that <laughs> the genes that you've you've acquired from from me are, are really worthwhile genes. Top notch. There you go. You know, I was going to say before, we have to be mindful. You know, I know your your spiritual boyfriend talks about being mindful, being present, but we have to be really more mindful of what we eat. Sometimes it's so rote and so mechanical, and especially fast foods and stuff like that. We're just we're just wanting to get that high, or we want it in our mouth. I mean, I do remember my first Burger King, and man, it, you know, I'm starting to taste that again. Which brings me to a concept called I call mind tasting. Let's say you're sitting down and you, you all of a sudden out of nowhere, you have this craving for a Cinnabon or chocolate or something like that. If you linger with the mind tasting, what happens is that you actually, not even figuratively, you actually begin to change your physiology. Lots of things begin to change, you know, gastric juices, secretions in your stomach, just the thought of it. Now, what happens is that the, the thought or the image when we see these tantalizing commercials on TV, they want to evoke that mind tasting so that as soon as the commercial is over, you run out and buy their product. So mind tasting can be very lethal, lethal if we linger. So that's where consciousness comes into play. We have to be more aware of kind of you know, dealing with our own ambivalence, you know, do I run out and get a, a Burger King or a Cinnabon or, or do I just turn away from that and just let it pass? Because, you know, cravings are time limited. They come and they go. It feels like they'll never stop once you're having one. So what happens when you have an, an urge or a craving? There's a, there's a point, a tipping point where you're struggling. You know, it's the angel and devil, you know, the devil saying, oh, go ahead, have that Cinnabon. And the angel's going, no, you don't want to do that. You know, you don't, you want to be healthy. And this battle is going on and on. And until you reach the tipping point where you either walk away from that craving or run to the Cinnabon store. So until you get to the tipping point, you can still have control over your destiny. 
once you flip into the devil's side, you're pretty much a goner. And do you feel that way that once, you know, there's a part of you that just flips from should I, shouldn't I, and then at some point, you either go ahead and do it or you don't. Does that happen with you? I think so. I don't know. I, I just think that, you know, spending too much time thinking about food is not natural. Like our bodies are meant to eat food for fuel. I don't know. I, I No, you're right. You're right. I, I think you're absolutely right that, that we spend too much time thinking about food. And I think that's, you know, how, how do you not do it when every commercial in the world and every, every ad you read and everything is geared toward restaurants and going out and fast foods and junk foods. Uh, so, but I think you're right. I think we, we think too much, but it's not just food. And let's make a distinction. We're talking about the highly palatable junk foods, the foods that contain large amount of fats, sugar, salt. These are the, the opioid producers. Those are the ones that we, we really shouldn't be entertaining. But I, I don't think that you go around craving broccoli or <laughs> cucumbers. I mean, you may, you may love a broccoli or a cucumber, but you don't, you don't have these intense, constant ruminative thoughts about broccoli, or, or do you? <laughs> no. Although one time when I was in Italy, I think we were eating so much pasta and pizza that I started craving salad and I couldn't find like a normal green salad anywhere. So that was, that's the one exception. That's, that's a good point because you're, you've become acclimated to eating healthy and healthfully and your body knows how to react to that. But when you start eating things that are, you know, off, off the uh, chart, your body does react in, in a kind of negative way, especially afterwards as you pop Tums into your mouth. Mm -hmm. So you were craving the healthy lifestyle that really had become your habit. So the good habit was something that started to speak more loudly as you started to abandon the good habit and started to indulge more in foods that, you know, really aren't as healthful, but delicious. Yes. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, speaking of, uh, you, you mentioned that we, uh, so you said something about what we think about as food, but what about the concept of a sweet tooth? Do you think that's a myth that people, some people have a sweet tooth? I don't think, I don't think it's a myth. I think that people's taste palates are different. Like some people will crave salty, like potato chips, whereas others will crave, you know, more of a sweet, like ice cream or brownie kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah, the potato chips, those. The crunch has a lot to do with it, too. You know, one thing we, we all should realize, and, and it's, it, this is a factual truth, these companies that create junk food, uh, they have armies, armies of people just finding ways to make these foods even more highly palatable. They could give a hoot about red dye, too, or the, the uh, corn syrup that goes into it, the, the artificial sweetness, it, it, that's not, their goal is to get that into your body and make you just go, woo, I need more of that stuff. That's, and you run out and get it. You know, Emma, who is it? Bombeck. Yeah, she, she once said that the, the odds of going to a store for a loaf of bread and coming out with only a loaf of bread are three billion to one. <laughs> <laughs> You go down those aisles and look at the marketing, look at the colors, look at, you know, the shelving where those really highly palatable foods are. 
So society, you know, really does feed into our compulsivity about yeah, food. Yeah, the worst thing you could do is walk into a grocery store when you're hungry. Yeah. That's a yeah. bad situation. Well, it, it's true about, you know, just going to a restaurant or just even eating in general. The worst thing you could do is to make decisions when you're hungry. Mm-hmm. I, I know when I when I work with uh, some patients that really do need to lose weight for, for medical or health reasons, and uh, the you know one of the things they need to eliminate or have usually do eliminate quite often is that they don't go shopping for food on an empty stomach. Mm-hmm. Uh, it makes a difference. Now I know you are a very healthy eater. Tell us a little bit about you know how you evolved in that direction and how you sustain it. What do you do that keeps you going? With most people would look at your your eating as being deprived. How do you do it? Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. I guess I try, like I said, to prepare things ahead of time. Like I think just like anyone, when I'm stressed or when I don't have time, I typically will go for the easiest option. So I'm always, you know, pretty aware of buying fruits and vegetables and making sure they're prepared for the for the week ahead. But excuse and, me, those uh, are your easier options where a lot of people would just grab a handful of potato chips. No, that's what I'm saying is, is I would grab those as well, <laughs> but I try to A, not keep them in the house and B, have my healthy options prepared so that they do become easy. Because uh-huh. if, if you if you have a cucumber that's not peeled sitting in your refrigerator and you're really hungry, there's no way you're going to go and <laughs> peel it and then eat it. <laughs> no. You know, we have to watch out. For, I guess I call it uh, mind, mind games where, you know, we I'm just going to the store to pick up milk. Yeah, right. You know, we, we, we have so many ways that we kind of deceive ourselves with what I call quasi facts. Yeah, I could just have a little bite. It won't hurt. You know, we're, we're not being totally honest with ourselves and we, we play these mind games with ourselves. So I think you have to determine, you know, who you want to be uh, in a dietary sense and, and how you want to regulate, you know, your life in terms of, you know, navigating through you know, the, the options that do exist. And we got to be very aware of impulsivity. Boy, stay active in your thinking, beware of the impulses. And again, cravings come and they go, but we've got to guard against the knee-jerk kind of habits that we, you know, once you capitulate to in a passive way, they own you. You know, if it's, if you're in a mood, if you're having a bad day, and you just kind of linger with the maybe the mind tasting thought of having a dish of ice cream, you know, if you linger, it's going to get you. So you've got to be more proactive and really determined to start breaking habits. It gets easier. I, you know, I, I find that, you know, and I have a, I have a pretty good diet, you'll admit, right, Lauren? Oh, yeah. And it took me a while to eat healthfully, uh, but I do. And, and I pass up on the, the sweets and I pass on desserts. And, and I, I, at this point, I have to say, I really, I don't miss it. If I see someone eating a big ice cream sundae for dessert, I, I mean, I could sit there and not be bothered by it. So, so our minds do change over time, but it takes time and we have to work at it. So, it, you know, if you, if you want to get one of these food processing programs that just deliver everything and you you could eat all that you want and lose weight kind of diets well go for it but you're going to gain the weight back and again it's not the weight it's weight mastery it's getting that healthful 
body that you you want to be able to sustain until you're at least 120 years old. So it is important to live your life properly. But, you know, I, as I go on and on, I know I'm talking too long today, but uh, do, do you know what time it is? Is it self-talking? No, no, no. Self-coaching pep talk time. <laughs> you got it right the second time. It's the <laughs> self-coaching pep talk. And today's pep talk is getting off the yo-yo dieting merry-go-round. And unless you learn to change your habituated thoughts, your perceptions, and your behaviors, losing weight will always be a temporary success. So to help you handle the twisted, distorted thinking involved in fighting off a compulsive urge or a binge, here's a simple technique that can save your dietary life. Take a business card and on the back, write down a few clear, objective reasons why you want to resist cravings and temptations. And when you find yourself buckling under with impulsive and mindless desires, simply take the card out of your purse or your wallet and read the list. For example, one, I'm tired of feeling weak and out of control. Two, I want to look good and I want to feel good. Three, I will not let food rule my life. It helps to keep reading the list, mantra-like, over and over until either the urge passes or your thinking once again becomes focused and rational. Bottom line, it's not what you eat, but why you eat it. Hmm. Hmm. Makes you hungry, huh? Yeah, I am a little hungry, actually. Yeah, well, you know, you know, we're just going on and on past your lunchtime and my lunchtime. <laughs> So I know that COVID has had an effect on us in so many, so many ways. And one way, of course, is, as you mentioned earlier, Lauren, the sedentary life that, you know, was imposed on us. And we've inadvertently put on a few pounds. And we want to get back to the resilient life that we had, the more mobile life that we had, the more energetic life that we had. Let's, let's neutralize some old habits. Let's replace them with some good habits. And uh, I think it's important to to really recognize that it's it's time that we look for that new normal in all ways, both internally and externally and physiologically. But before I ask you for your closing thought, can we talk just a bit about our sponsor, which is, let me hear it. Self Studios Learning. <laughs> Thank you. Tell me a little bit about Self Studios Learning, if you will. And this is our, our new uh, weekly sponsor. And Lauren is co-founder of selfstudioslearning.com. All one word, selfstudioslearning. And what does selfstudios do, especially now as our kids are trying to come back into this real world again? Yeah, self-studios has created curriculum for children and teenagers that is based on social emotional learning and wellness tools and strategies so that children can learn how to cope with our ever-evolving world. So we include things like mindfulness, coping tools, yoga, different modalities such as art and movement in order to express emotion and process and share you know can i go to self studios um you're a little bit uh, i would older. like i would like that. it sounds like fun 
I'm sure you make it fun too. I mean, knowing you and, and knowing a little bit about self studios, it's it's really it's really something else. I've got to tell you. So I'm going to sign up. I'll, I'll just use a, a, a pseudonym. And give a <laughs> yeah, full, you're welcome anytime. Full birth be, date. You will be the only baby boomer there. <laughs> you're welcome to. Come. All right. Closing remarks. Go ahead. Lay it on me. Hmm. That, that was great. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't really have too much to say today because you're the you're yeah. the uh, expert in this field. So all right. Well, that was fun. And visit our websites, selfcoaching.net, where you could find out about our philosophies and self-coaching and all that kind of good stuff. And where you could Check out my latest number one best-selling book, Unlearning Anxiety and Depression, the four-step self-coaching program to reclaim your life. And then if you are like me and you want to sneak into self-studios under a false birth date, or if you have kids that you feel might benefit, and most kids, and if not all kids could, but go to selfstudioslearning, all one word, dot com. So... <laughs> Sorry. Sorry for yelling. So until next time, remember that being victimized by emotional struggle is not an option. By definition, victims are powerless and you are not powerless. And remember, everything is hard until you make it simple. So join us every week and let's make it simple together. Reach out for your dreams. Don't surrender. There is more than it seems. Hold on and fight. Follow your heart This is your way Life is what you make of it Believe in yourself Reach out for your